0: Hey, Story Family. Welcome to The Story at Home. This is your host, Giovanna Huffman. For the next eight weeks, we're asking members of the Story community to tell us their favorite Bible story and how that story inspired them to follow Jesus. Let's get started with today's episode.
1: Hello, Story Family. My name is Dylan Braddock, and I serve as the Story Student Coordinator, and I am back with you for another episode of the story at home today I am so excited to be joined by one of our students and members of our brand new student servant leadership team Elena Davis Elena how are you doing this afternoon
0: I'm doing great and I'm super excited to be on my very first podcast
1: that is so cool so why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself what are you involved with at school and what do you love to do
0: Um, Well, I'm in eighth grade. I go to school at Lanier Middle School. Um, I love to write. I'm on a dance team at my school. I dance competitively, and I do lots of other activities outside of school, like hanging out with my friends.
1: That's good, because we're going to be talking about friends today. Uh, But I heard a rumor that you want to publish two books one day. Is this true?
0: It is, actually. I'm hoping to graduate from HSPBA and um, be able to write two books from there.
1: Well, that's cool. Well, put me on the pre-order list. I am super excited about that. So this season on the podcast, we are talking about some of our favorite Bible stories and characters. And this week, we are talking about King David, which is perfect because we've been talking about him and our student small groups all spring. King David is a really fascinating person, isn't he?
0: Um, Absolutely. King David is famous for many accomplishments such as defeating the giant Goliath, his encounters with King Saul, and eventually becoming the king of Israel.
1: Yeah, King David was not only a mighty warrior and king, but he also is highlighted in scripture as one who followed after God's own heart. David is also notable for writing most of the poems or songs we read in the Psalms. We could easily do a whole season on David and his accomplishments, But today, we are going to look at one of the lesser-known stories, actually. And it's actually about friendship. So let us set up the scene. This story takes place early in David's life, before he was king. David is an up-and-coming commander in Saul's army, and he has become a popular figure in King Saul's court.
0: David's quick rise to fame started to create jealousy within King Saul. Saul. The king became especially angry when he heard warriors and Israelites singing, Saul has slain this thousands and David has tens of thousands, which really angered Saul.
1: Yeah, imagine being king and having your people sing praises of another commander in your army. What made David's success more awkward was his friendship with Saul's son, Jonathan. 1 Samuel eighteen one through 3 says, After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Today, we are going to feature David's friendship with Jonathan and see what we can learn from them about gospel-centered friendships. Elena, what initially stands out to you about Jonathan and his friendship with David?
0: So what makes Jonathan so remarkable is that he is the son of the king. If he wanted to, he would be the one to replace Saul and become the rightful heir. With this would come power, wealth, and fame. It was Jonathan's throne if he wanted it, but he gave up that privilege for his friend. He knew that God called David to be king, and because of his love for his friend and God, he gave up his power for another.
1: That's so true. That is the kind of love we are called to emulate with our friends and family even today. Love that costs something and asks us to give of ourselves. Now the relationship between Jonathan and David gets trickier as Saul grows increasingly jealous of David. It gets so bad that Saul literally tries to kill David one day and chunks his spear at him while he's playing his liar for the king. Let's pick up in 1 Samuel 20, 2-4, which happens right after this first murder attempt.
0: Then David fled from Naewith at Ramah and went to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he is trying to kill me? Never, Jonathan replied. You are not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything, great or small, without letting me know. Why would he hide this from me? It isn't so. But David took an oath and said, Your father knows very well that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said to himself, Jonathan must not know this or he will be grieved. Yet as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, there is only a step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you.
1: David is so scared. He says he is a step away from death. Have you ever felt that way before? Who did you go to? Who did you turn to? We all need friends we can go to in times like this when death seems to be crouching at the door. Jonathan reassures David that he has his back and the two then hatch a plan to discover Saul's true intentions. Basically, David won't show up to a special feast and Jonathan will say that David went home to Bethlehem to make sacrifices and they will see Saul's reaction. If Saul becomes angry and curses David, then David will have to flee.
0: The plan works, and once Saul hears that David skipped the feast, he is enraged and tries to kill his own son, Jonathan. At this point, Jonathan knew David was right to deliver the news to his best friends. We will pick up in 1 Samuel 20, verses 41 through 42. David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, "Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, 'The Lord is witness between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever.'"
1: It is so clear that David and Jonathan's friendship was special. We can tell through their tearful farewell that this friendship meant so much to both of them. Their kiss in verse 31 isn't anything romantic, rather it's an expression of their true friendship. And the covenant existing between them and God. These days, true friendships like this are so rare, but significant. This isn't just true among our students, but people of all ages in our congregation. In 1984, the average adult had three confidants or best friends. But today, on average, an adult has less than two. Having authentic, gospel centered friendships takes time vulnerability, and maybe even self-sacrifice. So Elena, since you were joining me this morning, I was hoping you could share a little bit about some of your relationships with your best friends. How do you foster and maintain relationships, especially in a crazy year like this with COVID when you couldn't see people at school and at your activities?
0: Yeah, so this entire experience has been really testing on all of my friendships Um, I actually came out of it with less friends than I started with, but I realized that the friends that I went in with would not have done what Jonathan did for David or what David did for Jonathan. And um, one of my best friends, she actually has lots of things in common with me. And I know that she would do anything that she could in order to help me and benefit me. And I would do the same for her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's so good. And it reminds me of something I also learned from David and Jonathan, and that is that they talk about the hard stuff. I've been in many friendships before where things never move talking about sports or move past talking about sports or work or music. You know, they stay really surface level. But David and Jonathan go deeper. They don't skirt around the hard stuff. Rather, they dive straight into the hard conversations. Why do you think people often avoid talking about the real stuff with some of their friends?
0: Um, yeah, I think that like you were saying earlier, it can be really hard to find yourself in a vulnerable state. And I know that I'm like that a lot of the times and lots of people are like this, um, especially in this very digital age. It can be hard to open up to people. I think it's important for us to know when to let down our guard and to know that we can accept other people into our lives for those relationships.
1: Yeah. How do you do that then? How do you open up with your friends and have those tough conversations in this day and age?
0: I really just have to get to know them like as best as I could. So if we're talking about someone that I might have recently met that might just be a friendly acquaintance, I do kind of hold on to it for a second. But once I know them and I feel as though I can trust them, I'm really comfortable with opening up and just being myself around them.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's good. And it takes time. I mean, that's the truth. It takes time and trust. Um, And this whole conversation reminds me of a stat I recently read, and it said that 37% of Christians today said they don't need other believers to help them, and they can simply disciple themselves. How sad is that, that more than a third of Christians today are trying to navigate this life on their own?
0: Yeah, the Christian life was never meant to be lived alone. We need others. Yeah, and I would challenge
1: all our listeners today to not let these lessons fall on deaf ears but to really internalize them and work on taking your friendships to the next level. It's easy to stay at small talk and keep people at a distance, but we need others. It doesn't matter if you are a macho man or independent woman. Think about this. The slayer of Goliath was not too proud to shed tears with his best friend. The man who was described as one after God's own heart didn't walk through this life alone. He relied on others. Do you have people in your life like Jonathan? If so, how can you serve them and and love them better this week? If you don't have a Jonathan in your life, then how can you remove barriers and learn to rely on others? If you are tired of walking through this life alone and are in search of community where we can be real and tears can be shed, I would challenge you to check out Leading Men or Beloved. Both of these story ministries seek to create environments where men and women can foster authentic, gospel-centered relationships where we can grow together. David was a mighty warrior and the greatest king in Israel's history. And even he needed a little help from his friends. Maybe it's time you rely on a friend as well.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of the Story at Home podcast. Remember, the church is not just a building we go to. It is a family we belong to. See y'all next time.